either we are there or not, ITSB Magazine still gets the best stories. There are plenty of conferences and all sorts of events that spark our curiosity and allow us to start conversations with some of the world's brightest minds. In person or virtually, we sit down with them at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Together, we discover what the synergy of these three elements means for the future of humanity. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. episode number three of our road to the hackathon with a mentor project for the year 2022 and you cannot believe how many times i actually messed up the the year sometimes when i do the podcast i don't know i think uh because of the pandemic i'm stuck to 2020 or something like that but i'm sure this time i, I said that correctly and uh, we're here again for the third time. And uh, I would say usually we don't have the same guests on podcast and webcast, but this time we do because there is the people that are the two pillars of the hackathon and the mentor project. And then we're rotating the other guests. And of course, I'm lying because Santiago is back. He was here last time and there is a reason for that. So <laughs> we're going to discover why is back, how it is nicked in, and uh, what is the role here of these other guests as we introduce the third episode. So I'm going to start with uh, Deborah, of course, which is the official co-host with me, and a little bit about yourself as usual and, uh, and the Mentor Project. Thanks, Marco. Um, it's always great to be on, on a show with you. Uh, it's I'm Deborah Heiser. I'm the CEO of the Mentor Project. And a little bit about myself. I'm an applied developmental psychologist and an aging specialist, which doesn't sound like it should go with uh, the Mentor Project because uh, we mentor students. Uh, but we are focused on the mentors with the Mentor Project and looking at how our mentors can take their skills, knowledge, and expertise and use that to pass on to the next generation in the way that they want to. And so as you'll be hearing a little bit more tonight, one of those passion projects is this hackathon. And that was the brainchild of Javier. So um, it's exciting to be here. And um, thanks uh, so much, Marco, for hosting this. Of course. And as you started to mention Javier, I think it's his turn. Javier, how are you doing? Uh, fine, excellent. Thank you very much for the invitation again. Yes, and this time we're going to talk about a very important role that happened during the hackathons. That is the mentor. Yes, because we have the mentees that they are they're going to work, but the mentors are a huge leg in this process because they are the people that explain the rules, explain the presentations. But the most important part, they don't give any kind of correct answer for the problem. Because they don't so, know? No. <laughs> on the contrary. On the contrary. <laughs> Maybe they know the answer because they are experts in their field. But uh, from the organization, they have forbidden to do that. Yes. They have forbidden to do that. Yes. Because the idea is that they grow the imagination, the creativity. They look for answers. 
So that is the point of the hackathons. And the mentors are a big step on that part of the process. Yes, because as uh, I said before, they explain the rules, they follow the timetable, they make that everybody work in the team, you know, because in this process, we don't have to forget that the kids, they don't know each other. So they don't know who it's in front of them because they are like we are now through a computer to a Slack channel or Discord or a Meet or a Zoom, yes, conversation, but they don't meet each other in face-to-face -face, or they don't work even together before the event. So the mentoring this part of co-working and tolerance and participation is very important in this process. One could wonder if there could be a hackathon without mentors. And maybe we can talk about that later. But uh, let, let's let's start presenting this mentor, Deborah. We have a a new friend here. At least I never met her before. She has the same name than you, so let's not get confused. But why don't you introduce her? She's going to play a big role actually in this hackathon. Sure, Deborah Thompson is pretty awesome. She's uh, a veterinarian, and she also is the founder of One Health Lessons, where she provides health lessons to kids around the world. So all of our mentors wear hats outside of the Mentor Project. And Deborah, her foundation is one that's educating kids around the world in science. And it's just tremendous. So we're very fortunate because when she comes to mentor the students in the hackathon, she comes with a real expertise in medicine and health and in how things impact the world um, and how it impacts animals. Um, so it's really important that we are able to look at the world in that very holistic way. And Deborah is exactly the person who does that beautifully. Great. Do you agree, Deborah? Or Thank you. you. <laughs> what an introduction. <laughs> I'll take that and run with it. Thank you very much. Happy to be here, and I'm a very proud member of the hack uh, of the hackathon project and the mentor project as a whole. Very good. Is there anything that you would like to add that Deborah hasn't presented already in her beautiful introduction? <laughs> I'd be happy to say that um, that before being a veterinarian, I was I was teaching, and so now with One Health Lessons, I combine my two passions education and one health and one health is the connection between our health and the health of the environment animals plants and uh, it's great to see people of different backgrounds come together and solve some really challenging problems and one of the actually a few of the great challenges in this hackathon is related to one health and we'll talk about that later all right let's do that so i'm going to follow the the order here of the people that I see. And uh, Mary, Mary, you, you've done this before. So uh, a little bit about yourself and, uh, and the role that you're going to play again this year. Well, thank you. Um, thank you very much for uh, inviting me to the podcast. So my name is Mary Hakey, and I'm the founder and CEO of Moonmark. And uh, Moonmark, our mission is to enable the next generation to achieve its highest potential in space commercialization. And that's, 
sounds kind of lofty, I know, uh, but um, that's what we're doing. And uh, I, I met Javier through this uh, process. Gosh, I guess it was, uh, we were doing a challenge, um, the, the Lunar Race Car Design Challenge in 2020. And that's when I met you. And uh, in Moonmark, we affectionately call Javier the X-Man <laughs> because he just, uh, he does it all really well. Yeah, I see. Um, and uh, Santiago uh, is one of the students who participated in, in that project. I'm really excited about the, the hackathon for multiple reasons. And I, I first want to say that um, I proposed, I have proposed a couple of times to organizations, we should do a hackathon. And the, the nomenclature around that uh, <laughs> was like really shut down. So um, I, I truly uh, appreciate uh, Deborah Heiser and uh, the the mentor project for embracing this model for engagement and teaching, and that's what we're really all about at Moonmark. And I can't wait to see what happens, and I can't wait to participate with these students in the 2022 Moon. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, mentor project um, hackathon. Very good, very good. And let's finish the round with uh, Santiago. So you're back. Uh, if people haven't seen the, the second episode, they can hear you. And we kind of introduced, introduced the fact that you were going to be a mentor this time. So you're coming back. I said you're coming back from the window into the, yeah. into the hackathon. <laughs> so a little bit about yourself. Sure. As you mentioned last week, I got promoted live. And uh -huh. it was yeah. a huge honor for me. And now today I am. And it's, of course, a pleasure to be with every one of you guys. Uh, I'm more, I'm younger than you, so I won't be able to show and embrace all my knowledge. Of course, you have more. And nor I have a university degree, degree yet, no master's degree. But I'm here to just help everyone in the way I can from another perspective and point of view. And I'm just always happy to, to help and to aid people. And to me, it's just a great pleasure to be here again. As I mentioned last week, I currently studying a law. And to me, it's just a great way of seeing things. Absolutely. And it may actually be the fact that you, you're not where we are, which we're not, doesn't mean we're way ahead of you. We're just in a different place, but you actually have played at these Akatons. So I think, I think you'll be much, <laughs> much more useful actually than, than us. I might have the advantage on that one. <laughs> exactly. All right, Deborah. So let where do you want to go with this? I mean, because I obviously I'd love to talk about mentorship. There is a reason why I joined the mentor project. So this is a good opportunity, I guess, to do so. And how it comes to play in this hackathon. Like there could it be an hackathon without a mentor? You know, I would say no. And the reason I would say that, I know that there are hackathons all over all the time without mentors. But 
and Santiago can probably attest to this. Um, we, when we have mentors who help us with things, they don't do it for us, but they guide us. And when you're doing a project and you're heading in a direction and someone can say, hey, I see it a little bit differently, or maybe you wanna look at this, or hey, that might not work out so well, give it a try, but it might not work out so, so well. Sometimes a person's expertise and knowledge can take something that would never have happened and turn it into something really amazing. And that's why it's so important to have a mentor in a hackathon because the is really do get elevated unbelievably high when a mentor is involved. I don't know if you agree with that, Santiago, because you were on the other side of the coin. Uh, sure. But what, what do you think about that? If I may add my personal experience, I should say, and I definitely confirm what you've said, it's different when you have someone that can guide you because it, you got people that know about a lot of sciences and have a no lot of knowledge. And us as youngsters do not have a lot of knowledge on maybe science or forensic science or as a physician or as psychologist or whatever, right? So to have someone that is an expert on that topic, it really helps you because they guide you. They help you go to a promised land, but not to give you the answer, right? They help you reach a solution that it's made by you, but with technicisms, right? Because you may have an idea, but you do not know how to develop the idea. And that mentor, what has brought to us to the table was how to put into perspective or into practice the advantages and disadvantages of our ideas. And to us, having a mentor was definitely key. You know, um, when I know that both Deborah and Mary also have hackathons, and Mary also um, used this model as well, similarly. And I think that when you come out with a hackathon idea, especially one that's complex, like the one that um, kicked off Javier's students working with us, which was making lunar race cars on the moon, um, there aren't that many kids that know the mechanics of that. So it's useful to have a mentor. In Santiago's case with the mentor project, he and his team worked on a health device that would help to identify a stroke with a bracelet on the wrist. It's very hard to have um, knowledge about some of the things that maybe aren't even printed in the, um, on the internet. You know, you need to go to the experts who worked on those sorts of things. So um, I know, Deborah. also, you're running a hackathon as well in a, in a few months. Will you be using mentors? Absolutely. But, you know, I have to say, I absolutely love hackathons. I love hackathons. The last time I was a mentor for a hackathon, it was in 2020 and it was with NASA and I was representing the One Health space. So we were talking about how to help prevent malaria by detecting mosquitoes and then the atmospheric changes that can be detected with NASA and the International Space Station and to save lives, right? To have STEM folks, science you know, technology, engineering, mathematics, but from all different cultures and backgrounds, 
That's what's going to be super fun with this upcoming hackathon in October of 2022. With One Health Lessons, we partnered with this particular hackathon, the Mentor Project Hackathon, in particular for one challenge. And that challenge is about antibiotic resistance. You know, those super bugs that we are having a lot of trouble treating. Um, but maybe Javier, do you want to explain all of the different challenges that are going to be out there in October of 2022? Thank you very much. The, the challenges, we divided in categories, yes. One is create your own challenge. Why? Because we realize that sometimes we put uh, labels, you know, for the challenge or the categories. But some kids are attracted by the idea, but not by the proposal that we have. So we create now a category that is create your own challenge for all the ones that they want to think about a challenge completely out of the box. That is the idea of, the ha of this hackathon in particular and work with people from all around the world to try to solve a solution for that. Another one, like you said, it's the related with antibiotic resistance. The other one is for um, space, space and pollution. Yes, cyber security that all the time appear on the table. And the last one is for global pollution. Why we distinguish? Because the, the space pollution it's because all the debris that they are on the on the atmosphere, yes, as a result of the rockets, yes, satellites and all that, that more and more are on the upper atmosphere. And the global pollution, obviously, because of the plastics, now the mask and all this kind of material that we threw away and don't pay attention to what happened with them, yes. But one thing that I want to mention about the mentors, and it's very important, that sometimes the mentors have so much expertise in their field, but they don't have the ability to communicate to the kids and how they have to deal with the challenge, you know? But here in the mentor project, the, men the mentors have so much expertise and they give their free time that none of them have a problem that they know how to communicate with the kids. And all the times they are open to solve the solution and give them the ideas and try to help them with this. It happened during my all my previous hackathon that I ran, that sometimes the mentors are expertise in their field and they say very bad things about the work of the kids because for them it's not going to work and everything, you know? And they almost they destroy the idea. So the, the kids are so damaged in, their, in, in, in that sign that they don't want to continue anymore, working anymore. So we need to put the batteries, you know, and make that they work again, yes. And sometimes we have to say, okay, don't pay attention to that mentor. Don't listen anymore and continue working. But here in the mentor project, that no happen uh, because we have a great, group of mentors and all of them are expertise in their field and they love to mentors kids and mentor people for the projects so I, it's going to be a great opportunity i'm i'm glad you brought that up javier you know it, that's why it's so important that we have santiago and Aton who've come on as mentors they know what it's like to be a mentee 
They know what it's like to be on the other side. And by having them graduate, they're two amazing, brilliant um, students who really knew what it was like from participating in multiple hackathons, what it feels like. Um, and none of our mentors ever would say anything negative to a student. But keeping students um, available to mentor uh, after they've already gone to college is a way for us also to keep in touch with what are the mentees thinking and keep the mentors in touch with um, the fact that we're not in an isolated uh, sort of silo working alone as mentors, but that we're really working holistically with the students and the group of students as well who are working in a, in a cohesive group together. I believe this is important, right? Because for us to be a mentor, it's a challenge because if, of course, maybe as an expert, we understand on the topic, but if we cannot, if we are not able to transmit that idea to the ones that are being the mentees, so it's kind of useful, useless. I mean, uh, a professor I've got always said that if, I, if he was able to explain the topic to her daughter and her wife, he said, then my students will be able to understand it. So for us as mentors, it's a challenge because sometimes we have to uh, simplify topics. Sometimes we have to use analogies. So we have to think. And that's quite a challenge for us. I have to say, I love that Santiago's here because you know the saying, learn it, do it, teach it. You've learned, you've been observing Javier for how many years? Now you're doing it, right? Now you're doing the mentorship. And then in a few years, you're going to be teaching others how to mentor. And Javier. Who's, who knows? So, uh, Mary, feel free to jump in anytime that, that you like, but I, I'd like to talk about these a little bit in a deeper because we're talking about being able to communicate. You don't even need, I'm assuming, at least I believe, you don't need to be the best in class. Like You don't need to be the top teacher or the top expert because it's kind of like in sports. I've met people that are like, how do you do that? And they're like, I don't know. I can't teach you. I'm just I'm just good at it. Other people may not be the the top player or the top expert, but they're so good in sharing their knowledge and motivating and inspiring people. So for me, mentoring is more about inspiring than teaching. Mary, what what do you think about that? Well, thank you, Marco. Um, and I I thoroughly enjoyed this thread of the conversation. And um, one of the things that I wanted to share and, um, uh, you know, ask of listeners is that, that um, you need not be a subject matter expert to be a mentor. And um, heaven thanks, because I'm not a subject matter in, in uh, lunar operations or or anything like that, okay? Um, but what I do do, and um, I, I believe that those um, colleagues that we have in uh, the Mentor Project do, is that 
that we are looking at an opportunity. Uh, and in this case, it's the, the hackathon coming up. And what we want as members, I'm sorry, mentors, is that we, we, want, to, we want to find ways to open doors for those that are participating. And that's, you know, if, if you're a mentor and you can find ways to do that, you don't need to be a rocket scientist. I figured that out. Uh, <laughs> Santiago, you want to give me a, a nod there? I'm telling you. Um, when, when, when we started off with, uh, with Moonmark and we partnered with the Mentor Project, um, the thing that we really, really wanted to do and, and continue to do is offer kind of out there opportunities for young people. And um, X-Man, X-Man, um, you were saying that uh, in, in, this, uh, in, in this hackathon, um, the, the, the student teams will be challenged to look at space pollution, earth pollution. Um, and, um, you know, I think that those two topics uh, are absolutely symbiotic. Uh, in in terms of what the the students can put their brain power to, and that's what we're asking them to do, it, it is to say, okay, <laughs> we we have this constellation, pun intended, uh, of of issues, and how can we how can we positively affect this, and how can we move it into the future. And so, yeah, I want to know what Santiago has to say. <laughs> I guess you could speak a lot about it, um, but I, I'm not sure, though. But to be a mentor, it's important. And as you said, sometimes it's not about what you know. It's, some, it's how you transmit that. And that's, to me, at least, it's more important how you transmit that information as a mentor than rather than having the knowledge to, to express it. Because with your countermates, you can express it as normal vocabulary and language, so it's easy. But to other people, that's a challenge, and that will make us as mentors and myself as in the position as I'm a student and I'm I was a mentee, that it always challenged you to elevate yourself with your knowledge and get to the, the standard you want as yourself because always you got expectations. As when I was a mentee and a student and you guys have studied as well. So each time you go to an event or everything, I say that... Um, you have you have expectations, right? And when you have expectations of yourself, of your team, you would like to meet for them. And especially in the pollution challenge, it's quite interesting because it's something that it literally it's out of earth. So 
many people will have different expectations and hopefully we are able to match them and they are able to exceed their expectations. Deborah, did you want to say something about one of the challenge? Ah, thank you. Um, you know, when it comes to one health, you know, that connection between our health, the health of the environment, animals and plants, I know I said earlier, One Health Lessons is really primarily focused on the antibiotic resistance one, antimicrobial resistance one. Um, but when it comes to the earth pollution challenge, what I would challenge people to think about who are solving this problem is what's the impact on water quality? What's the impact on animal health, on plants, on crops, on people? Have that One Health mindset. Don't think of just people because we're not the only ones on the planet. So I just want to put that out there to stimulate some thought. And I'm really, really looking forward to these solutions to mighty problems that professionals around the world are trying to fix. But, you know, maybe it's a 12 to 18 year old team that does the trick. Yeah, I think the idea of looking at everything as connected should be pretty much common sense, which, as I like to say, it's not that common because, you know, we, we think inside silos and we do that in cybersecurity. We do that in technology. We do that in medicine. And I think now we're really starting to realize with the, the climate change and, you know, even from a business perspective, when you look at the infrastructure, you know, the supply chain, it breaks something somewhere, and that's the butterfly effect that is affecting something somewhere else. And, and now we can actually see it because we have the technology, the communication, and, and we can learn things as they happen. Now, I say learn. Let's say we see it. Then we learn from it. That's a different story. But I, I like the idea of the synergy between all of these, and hopefully different challenges, they could be eventually connected together. Maybe there is a common thread. And actually, we talk about that at the beginning um, with Janela, like what, what is that common thread here? And she suggested creativity. So creativity could be that common thread that make us think outside of the box. Um, Javier, can you explain to the audience, and hopefully it's some of our audience that will become a competitors on this, how do the mentor interact with with the kids? I mean, we're not going to, I mean, the kids, the, the, the competitors, we're not going to be all in one room. We're not going to be in the same place. It's remote. We're going to use Slack. We're going to use a lot of different media. How, how that's going to work? Well, thank you, Marco. No, the idea is that the mentors are going to be like we call in a call. Yes, this means that they're going to be able during the events but they're going to continue with their normal life. The only change it is that when some students, some groups require a mentor, we're going to look for, uh, for him or her. We're going to say, okay, this group is looking for you and they are going to arrange an appointment, you know, and they're going to be a time where all the group can ask all the questions to him or her and sometimes they continue per hours, or sometimes just it's half an hour, they continue working and they meet again later during the day. They use Slack, sometimes they use Google Meet, they use Zoom, they use Discord in a lot of time, you know, 
for sharing screen and see what they're doing. They share links and all that kind of information that's allowed to them to work. Yes. But what I said at the beginning, the mentor is not going to give you the answer. If you are looking for that, you are in the wrong place. The idea is you work in your own answer. The mentor is going to guide them for you obtain the real information because you know, Marco, better than me, that you are working in all this cybersecurity and all that, all the fake news that are around, all the web page that they have information that is contro uh, controversial, yes, or it's not the accuracy information that they need for some, some problems. So sometimes the mentors guide them in the looking for information, yes, and help them with that point that sometimes is more important than the solution that you obtain. Yes. Absolutely. Very, very true. And uh, Deborah said the mentor project, it's in the name. So, I mean, that's easy for me to go there. When you talk to someone that says, hey, I would like to be part of the mentor project, what is it you really, what makes you spark that says, yep, that's, that's the right person? When someone approaches and says, um, I'd like to mentor, or how can I give back? Um, the, the, the thing that is the spark for me is if they have a passion for something and that I can tell that they want to give back something that's meaningful to them. So everyone who's here, Javier has a passion for, um, you know, really getting information out there to kids. He loves hackathons, but he's a teacher. Mary is really interested in space. Um, Deborah is interested in health and getting that out there. When someone has a real passion, it makes me excited because I can see that they're interested in making a mark in the world. And that's the kind of mentor that we're looking for is someone who has an idea of the mark that they want to leave on the world and they have a passion for something. That is something that you cannot you know, sort of make up on the spot. You have it or you don't, uh, a passion for something. You know, Marco, you're a mentor also. And because you're the host, we leave you out of this uh, oftentimes because you're hosting. But in fact, you are um, someone who came in and we really wanted you to mentor because you have a skill set and a passion that you created into a company. And the way that you approach your work is exactly the way that we're looking for mentors, someone who's doing what they, um, the, what they want to do to make a difference, to get voices heard, to make something happen, something spanned the mentor beyond themselves. That's really what we're looking for. And everyone here today is doing that. Yeah, I I appreciate you saying that, and of course, you know, like being uh, being the moderator here, I I usually roll <laughs> with everybody else, but this is the second time that you did this to me. It's like, what about you? And so okay. I I agree. I mean, I I my background is I feel like I had like two or three different lives, in, in, you know, that I have been passionate about things, and branding and marketing has always been probably the first one, but. Then I ended up in technology. And for me, when I decided to start ITSP Magazine, it was like, look, it's about education. And it's about making people change perspective, maybe you know, push cultural changes about cybersecurity and society and the way we interact with technology. But 
every time I do a podcast, if I make one person change their mind or being inspired, I mean, there is that responsibility. And this also is what pissed me off a lot about many people that have a very big platform. I got nothing compared with, you know, with many other there. And, and I feel like you're so wasting that audience. You have a superpower there and you're not using it to inspire people. And so for me, yeah, inspiring from every conversation is important. So maybe we can do a round of uh, observation from everyone here, uh, starting with Deborah. You know, you, you, you started an organization that seems to me has a big holistic view about health, right? <laughs> it's in the name. You could have just do what you were doing, but you felt the, I don't know, the call to do this. What, what was that? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that question. When I was in vet school and I first heard about One Health, you know, the connection between everything, I was thinking, why didn't I teach this when I was actually full time in front of kids in a classroom? You know, it just it just boggled my mind. Why didn't I know about this when I was younger? So fast forward, you know, I'm I'm in veterinary clinics doing my 10 to 12 hour shifts as we veterinarians typically do. And then to relax, I just created lessons for children and adults about One Health. From there, in fast forward many years, in 2022, One Health Lessons was born. And the thing that's keeping me going is not only all of the interns. Since, since 2020, there have been over 60 interns. So I've been personally mentoring over 60 individuals around the world. I think in about 24 countries, I think was my last count. And seeing their passion for One Health and seeing pictures and videos of them going into classrooms and teaching six-year-olds about this and then seeing them train others how to do this because we have a train the trainer program. It just blows my mind to think of people who I know I will never, unfortunately will never meet, nor know the language that they speak truly, but we all understand the connection between everybody on this planet. And when I say everybody, it's not just the humans, right? Um, it's those pictures, it's those videos, it's those stories that keep me going. And it makes me want to work harder for the interns and makes me want to push the train the trainer program even more. I think I have another mentee for you, Deborah. <laughs> I think I have a mentee for you. Awesome. <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah. There you go. And Mary, what, what about you in, in these? I mean, I know your, your background is also, as you said, you're not, you know, it, it, it the biggest expert in space, but you're doing this because you probably had a vision about this. So we're here kind of like discovering the the call. So what, what was your call to start doing this? Thank you, Marco. I appreciate that. And um, Deborah Thompson, um, what a wonderful, wonderful description you just gave. I truly appreciate that. And um, I, I believe, no, I don't believe. I know that I am inspired 
by people I will never meet. And Santiago, you were one of those people. I truly hope that we do meet, but um, if we don't, the fact that uh, we had an uh, interaction uh, in uh, this time and space means the most to me. Uh, what I want to do and what absolutely inspires me and I want to inspire others with is find your passion, okay, and then figure out how you can impact others. And for some people, and it's awesome, is the, the, the impact is one or two or five or 10 or 12 or 18 in a hospital or um, a homeless shelter or um, wherever. And, and for me, I truly want to do that as well. I also, my real, my real motivation is looking at what I am doing on a daily basis and figuring out how I can impact the most young people around the world in the way that they can be reached and they can be engaged. And oh, by the way, Deborah, I'm all about animals. <laughs> I am all about animals. Um, uh, so, um, you, you know, each person has their own um, motivation. And, and, and for me, when I look about, like I say, when I, when I look at how I might be able to spend my heartbeats and my dedication, it is how can I reach the most young people and um, offer them a way to discover their next. Very, very, very inspiring as well. So it's, uh, it's hard to follow on that, but Santiago, are you up for the challenge? But I'm going to turn it around a little bit because you can think now to what you want to be. And maybe when you are that, maybe you want to be something else, someone else, inspire something different. So I think we all kind of have this path where, yeah, we do this and then we flip and I call it another life, but it's not it's still you, right? What about you looking forward? I mean, you're in your second year in college, so what? what's your what's your dream for them? Hopefully, I'm able to be up the challenge because Mary's and Deborah's stories are quite moving and powerful and really moving and strong. And it really transmits the passion and for the youngest like me. So as I would describe it to me, we mentioned it like a little bit last time and today. It's a journey. It's a call of the wild. What do I mean by this? And I may get a little poetical about this, but I see this as a ship. We are all born 
in a shipyard. We are built with different purposes. One, one boat is a cruise. It sets off to sail for vacations, trips. So that's the end. That's the objective of you. And maybe other boats are fishing boats. So your aim, your journey is to be a fishing boat. Or you can be a big ship that transports good all over the world. That's your aim in life, right? So ships are made in shipyard with a specific purpose. And people are the same. We have a specific journey sometimes, and we might be moving it. And sometimes, as ships that we are, we go adrift. Sometimes we get lost. Sometimes it's because we do not know what's the path. And sometimes we look at the stars to guide us. I mean, in ancient times, people used to look for guidelines to the stars to guide them to proper places, right? And sometimes we are adrift, we're lost. It's kind of foggy. We cannot see. Maybe we sink. We maybe hit an iceberg or a rock. So for those tough moments in life we, where, we, we, where we lose our purpose, when we look at it in hindsight and say, maybe I could have done this better. So how now that I'm lost, how I'm able to turn my future, to show in my present, how can I develop myself? How can I find a new route? So I see these as sometimes like a beacon, right? A beacon of hope sometimes it appears, a lighthouse. A lighthouse that shows us where to be guided, where it's the nearest port, where can I anchor myself? And that beacon, that lighthouse, inspires us, us. It brings us hope because we are set adrift. We do not have anywhere to go. We are lost. And it sometimes happens. If each one of us makes a proper resolution on themselves, how was it the, the, the moment where you grew up, the, the epiphany moments where you knew, well, I have to change this or I have to go this way, or I have to go that way. There's some, always someone that acts as that beacon, a beacon that gives us hopes, that shows us the road, that shows us how to get there and motivates us, shows us passion. And when we find the light and we follow the path, we continue our journey with people, always with people. People always help us. People always motivate us. And to me, that's truly inspiring. That's why I, it's like the call of the wild. And it's like a ship we set up for sail. And sometimes we do not come back for a little, very long time. Sometimes we get lost of our track. Sometimes we delayed it. Sometimes it's faster. And all in all, we will end it at a safe port, right? And truly, to me, that's what I'm looking for, to be a ship that follows its passion, its dream. And hopefully when I'm older, uh, I, I will say, well, this path that I chose, that beacon that illuminated me and showed me the stars that show me the path that actually uh, it's a journey that I enjoyed. And as Mary was saying, that every heartbeat counts, right? And to me, that's the, 
the most important thing all in all. And you were worried about following Mary? I mean, this is inspiring, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hope you become a speaker very soon because you have that a very clear thought and you just, just told us a story. That was a beautiful story. So thank You're you. You're going to win all your law cases. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Javier, how about you? I mean, we know, we know you, you, I, I, when he was talking, I was thinking about the conversation we had on the podcast and how you actually, you had the vocation after you were an engineer in the naval industry. So I'm like, did he tell the, the metaphor? <laughs> did he share the metaphor of the boat? <laughs> well, uh, I have to say at the very beginning when we started talking about Santiago, and I don't, can't remember exactly who asked ask him how many years he spent with me. If we talk about only in the secondary school and high school, it's going to be six years. But also they have some times in the primary school with some experiments in the lab. So like eight years during the scholarship they, they haven't me as a teacher so they know me talk about the ships submarines uh, and all that during the many many years so they they literally know about that because i use all the time for explaining physics and mm -hmm. chemistry uh, because a ship is a floating city so mm -hmm. you can imagine how difficulties to build that, you know, uh, but also it's more, it's more difficult to build a plane, of course, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, the ships are, are incredible and also allow the people to travel, discover things, travel all around the world, you know, and all these things are, are crucial, yes, but maybe yes, they hear from me. Uh, I am not 100% sure, but could be. I don't know. No, I, it may not be, but I made that connection because I, I hear this and I had the opportunity to, to talk about that with you. So I, we are now lacking uh, the use of metaphors in this conversation. And I, I love those. I mean, metaphor, I think, is a strong, strong tool to teach things, to, to show people a different in a different way and explain in a different way what that actually means. And it, it is a way of thinking outside the box as well. So I think, uh, Deborah, we're, we're getting towards the end of this, I believe. And uh, again, very deep conversation. This is not just, I, I was thinking today, I was like, okay, so number three for the hackathon. And then we have another one with the judges next time. And I'm like, how much can we talk about a hackathon with four, you know, topics and, and four challenges? But the beauty of this conversation is they're just open. We end up talking about so many things and deeper than maybe what we even planned if we were just going to ask, so what's going to happen in, what's going to happen during the hackathon? And, and that's, that's passion here too. Yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head. None of us is coming into this, not one of us as a mentor is coming into this thinking, this is a task I have to do. It's much deeper than that for all of us. We were really excited. Um, and this has been expressed here today to find out it's like opening a box at a holiday party, you know, on Christmas morning or something. What is it that we're going to find that these students on the teams are going to come up with? 
really feels like that. It's much more than just, oh, here goes a hackathon. So thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, absolutely. Javier, the, let's do the usual call to action for the people that are listening. And actually, we have two. One can come from, from Deborah, and, and maybe we'll close with that to participate uh, maybe as sponsors or donations or all of that, but I'll, I'll leave that to Deborah. First, for the people that can be part as competitors in this hackathon. So, Javier, that's, that's up to you. Yeah, thank you very much, Marco. And I'm going to say that every single kid that loves the, the challenge that we proposed at the beginning, like create your own challenge, one health and antibiotic resistance, pol uh, global pollution, cybersecurity, and pollution in the space that could be by tourism or debris. Also, they are welcome to join us in this adventure. And they are going to find kids for all around the world that they have the same, uh, the same problems or the same ideas, or maybe they don't want to solve these kind of situations. Going to realize that maybe you are along with the people that you know that they don't have the same interest in, but in this kind of event and with the hackathon that we're going to run, you're going to find a lot of people around the world that they have the same problems or the same ideas as you, and you can create in certain way Yes, friends, you know that uh, when we are young, we have uh, letter friends, you know, that you send letters and all that. Now could be a WhatsApp friend or uh, meetings or whatever, and they continue working in the challenge after that with the mentors, uh, you know, and they can obtain a patent at the end, or they can obtain some kind of, they can write some kind of white paper and they publish in certain magazines and all that, we don't know what is going to, the, going to be the end of this journey when you start, you know, because the possibilities are huge and are bigger than the universe. The only limitation is yours, yes? So it, here we present a tool that you can use for make bigger your expertise, your abilities, so it's time that you decided to pick up this challenge and to enroll and participate. Nice. Couldn't say that better. Deborah, one call for the mentor project. Yeah, you know, if you are listening and you would like to support this effort and future efforts, please um, consider supporting us through donations. Um, through partnerships with companies. Um, this is a way that we can expand our reach. If you are in a school and you have students who are interested, um, consider getting in touch with us. We already have the United States, Norway, and Argentina involved. We'd love to have more countries. Um, but most importantly, this is a volunteer effort from everyone here. Um, and we'd love to be able to um, continue this effort and provide even more. So your support would be greatly appreciated. You can find us on mentorproject.org. And if you'd like to donate, it's mentorproject.org slash donation. There you go. 
All right. So we want to thank, of course, as you said, nobody's paid here. We're all here because they're driven by our passion. And so we want to thank people that took the time today to spend this uh, 55 minutes with us. Uh, Deborah Thompson, I'm looking forward to have a, a conversation about all you do. And uh, Mary, we had our conversation and I know we will have many more. So thank you for participating. And Santiago, this is number two for you. So double thank you. And uh, and I guess uh, we'll, we'll see you soon during the during the hackathon. And of course, Deborah Heiser, Javier, uh, X-Men from now on. That's how I'm going to address you. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, next week, we will record the, the fourth uh, episode and then uh, then we're gonna play so join us it's gonna be fun thank you very much we hope you enjoyed this episode of our on location conversation if you learned something new and this podcast made you think then share itspmagazine.com with your friends family and colleagues if you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.